So three timeless realities. If you've got your notes, you can follow along. I'll be filling in the blanks as we go. 2020 has shown us that everyone has an emotional overload point. Everyone has an emotional overload point is the blank there. And I don't know what kind of transitions you've been through in life, what kind of moments where you've had to remake yourself. Um, For me personally, I've had moments where I've had to start over in really big ways. I've had moments where I had to like grind through hard periods. I mean, you know, I remember waking up, going to try to get a substitute teaching job, trying to click the computer at like 5.30 a.m., go get a, go get a, a sub teaching job and, and then go to the library during my teaching break so that I could work on site shift, pull up into a Panera parking lot to use their Wi-Fi. I'm sure they were okay with that and do everything I was doing to manage leading and transitioning, um, you know, an organization. It was a church actually that I was helping relaunch. We were, um, we had bought new property. I mean, it was a whole crazy thing. We did two things at once, launched a new organization in a new building. Insane. But all that to say, it would be crazy for me to say I didn't have an emotional overload point. Now, some of you are better than me, and you recognize that before it hits. Uh, Those of you that have the identity fear that your worth equals your performance, the way that you know that you've hit your emotional overload point is because everyone is looking at you in terror as you break down around them. We tend to stuff it down for too long, but everybody's got that. And, and what we need to understand is wherever someone's emotional overload point is, nobody is better or worse than another person. We all just have different thresholds. What we want to do for 2021, and this is this next piece here, 2021 will be my opportunity to see further. 2021 will be my opportunity to see further. What, what is an emotional overload point this year is something that increases my capacity for next year. And this is a this is a reality that just a lot of people aren't thinking about. I can remember um, at different points feeling like, oh my gosh, if everything falls apart, there are people I can reach out to and ask for help. Um, and I've and I've had people that love me that would be that safety net in a lot of ways, traditionally speaking straight up tell me no. Um, The things that would have crushed me this year do not affect, you know, if, if, if 2020 would have happened in 2012 or 2007, there are elements of it that would have left me completely sidelined. I'm still here. You're still here. We're still seeking to grow because our capacities expanded. You know, I remember a couple of mornings ago, I was like, man, if I could just get past this one moment, then this. How many times do you think I've had that thought? <laughs> Billions. And, and at every new level, there's new devils. And we're adjusting to those new devils. We're adjusting to those new stress thresholds. And it was literally a couple of mornings ago when I became cognizant and aware of that thought. And I said, you know what? I just need to accept this stress level and level up to that. I, I might not ever go below this, which is how your capacity expands. It's not that you're moving backward. You're dealing with more than you've ever dealt with before. So what 2021 becomes is an opportunity to expand your vision. So if you want to think about this, and I'm going to give you some really practical exercises at the end, but right now it's just this. Where do you feel completely overwhelmed? 
or where do you feel emotionally overloaded? That's a clue and a signal for where you're expanding. That's a clue and a signal for where you can grow. And we'll get into that in a minute. Second timeless reality. Second timeless reality. Not only does everyone have an overload point. Number two, 2020 has shown us that everyone is driven by some narrative. Everyone is driven by some narrative. Your, your brain as a meaning-making organ, and I don't want to call it a machine. I almost did. But our best language of describing the brain only reflects whatever is our most cutting-edge technology. I mean, throughout history, you know, when clocks were revolutionary, the brain was referred to that way. When machines came on, right? Computers, we've done the same thing. We really don't know how to fully classify human consciousness, how to fully explain the brain. Even though the DeepMind project yesterday did release a new discovery that they can see how a protein folds. So massive step forward in a long journey of understanding consciousness. But our brain as an organ orients from a center point, and that center point is some kind of narrative. Now, those of you that are here, obviously, because you've been through Sight Shift, you understand that the deepest insight you can have about yourself is the movie that's playing in your head. But there's still other ways to understand the story, the narrative of what is happening in your mind. Here's what I mean. Right now, how would you describe the current challenges that you're facing? You would use some kind of metaphor or analogy to describe them. You would use some kind of reference point. Your, your brain is making a story and it's unfolding. And as it unfolds, what you're realizing is this, wherever you're stressed out by what others do reveals where your narrative is threatened. And I'll say that again, wherever you feel stressed out by how others behave, by what they do reveals where your narrative is being threatened. See, the thing for 2021, and this is a, a challenge that everyone is going to face, your narrative is going to be challenged in 2021. I don't mean that to be doomsday. In fact, you're going to see what I'm about to say, that it's not doomsday at all. It's very optimistic. But it is going to be weird. Everyone's going to have their narratives challenged. I could talk about this from either political extreme, from health extremes. I mean, you know, I got a, a reached out to from somebody I'd worked with in the medical field very high up uh, yesterday, and they're concerned about what they're seeing in medicine and what it's going to look like for their practice as a surgeon. You've got other people on the other extreme very excited for those changes. And what I'm saying to you is everyone's narrative in 2021, and this is not me being predictive, at all. It's just seeing what's developing is going to be challenged. So what's the opportunity? Well, 2020 taught us a timeless reality. A narrative is driving us, but 2021, what's it mean? Here's the truth. Here's the hope. Here's the blank. 2021 will be my opportunity to be empowered. 2021 will be my opportunity to be empowered. What I mean by that, take every moment that you're frustrated, confused, upset, irritated, angered by someone else's behavior and see the narrative that they're living for what it is and learn to flex with your narrative. Learn to see that you yourself are in a box. It can be a box you prefer. It can be a box you like, but it's still your box. It's still your, your worldview. It's still something you're committed to. In fact, 
I worked on this project uh, about two months ago and I just got part of it back and it's something a little bit top secret. I don't mind sharing it with you guys. I wrote a children's book for adults just on this idea on what it means when you wake up to the fact that you're in a box and we're all ever waking up. So 2021 is going to be my opportunity to expand my vision where I'm overloaded this year is where I expand next year, where I see narratives being challenged is where I can create within myself a very open mind. It doesn't mean I don't have a center. To have an open mind doesn't mean you don't have a center. It just means you can try on any idea. One of the things as a professor that was really hard for me to help students get across to them early on in their journey was to understand just because you think a thought doesn't mean you're committing to it. Having an open mind means I can try on any idea. Okay, third timeless reality. 2021 has shown us that everyone is training their mind. 2021 has shown us that everyone is training their mind. How? Have you seen in both extremes as people's boxes break, how they get triggered and how they get angry and how they get reactive? We're going to dive into that in a second, but I'll show you the hope. 2021 is going to be my opportunity to train my mind more intentionally. Everyone else is going to be training their mind for outrage. I'm going to train my mind more intentionally. So here's the, the, the PAL statement. <laughs> in periods of great disruption, train yourself to see the timeless truths more than the distraction of the reaction. In periods of great disruption, train yourself to see the timeless truths more than the distraction of the reaction. You're going to see more people distracted and reacting. They're going to they're find outrage and joy in their circumstances. What that means is they're set up for an overload point. They're set up for their narrative to break, and they're, they're triggering their mind based on circumstances. And we want to do the opposite of that. We want to see further, and we want to be empowered, and we want to train our mind intentionally. How are we going to do that? Well, if you don't see what's timeless, and I already kind of said this, you'll be triggered. That's the blank there. You'll be triggered. And I don't mean this lightly. I mean, I really do mean it. Uh, uh, how many of you have seen on TV shows now where they'll put a little trigger warning before? Uh, they're trying to prepare people for the content. That can be helpful. I've seen it also abused um, at, at the collegiate level when I was a professor. If you have to warn people before you talk about an idea, okay, that's a problem because we need to be able to have open minds that can try on different thinkings, thinking uh, and, and processes, different thinking processes. But when you're triggered, here it is, the blank there, you're not leading. When you're triggered, you're not leading. I hope my kids don't know that because sometimes I've been triggered. <laughs> you can't lead people well when you're frustrated at them, right? When you're losing your ability to have your peripheral vision and your focused vision, and you only have a focused vision, you've lost the peripheral vision, and then you're reacting blindly, you're not leading people well. And here's what happens. And these are these three timeless truths, and I'm going to break these down for you. Triggered people are defiant or subservient. Triggered people are defiant or subservient. Why? Well, they hit their emotional overload point. And they lose their ability to have vision. So what do they do? They just react to what's in front of them in one or two ways. They're subservient or they're defiant. Let me describe it this way. Those of you that were in a family growing up that you had siblings, one of the siblings, right, acted out 
did stuff a little bit more crazy. How do they get away with that? And one of you, like, followed the line. You did what you were supposed to, or at least made it look like you were. That's why I came back from uh, being out, and I'd put my clothes in the dryer to get the smoke smell out of them. Put a dryer sheet in there, get the smoke smell out. My parents didn't know any better. My brother, man, he was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Driving up into the house, have beer cans in his car. Remember my dad was like, we're going to go look through his car. <laughs> One night, <laughs> he was defiant. I was subservient. What's happening when people are overloaded, they kick into these modes. They don't even know they're doing it. I can watch in an organization when a new leader comes in to lead a team, if they don't know how to sync up with the team and they're showing too much strength and power, you'll immediately see that team split like the Red Sea into people that acquiesce and, and, and become hiders and those that become provers and very defiant. It elicits that reaction. Well, what's happening now in society at large, you're seeing this uh, this uh, reaction be elicited and you will see this play out in people's lives over and over again. You can predict it. It's insane. So triggered people are defined or subservient. Number two, triggered people don't know themselves. They don't know the story they're playing into. They're not paying attention to what's unfolding. I'm 43 now. Almost said 42. Dang it. It goes too fast, doesn't it, Tim? Uh <laughs> I, I remember being 25 years old, 23 years old, something like that, way too young, leading a meeting with all this passion, with all this vision. But I didn't understand that because I was so insecure as a leader, if people didn't enthusiastically support everything I was doing, I took it personal. And I remember a guy spoke up and he said, I want to support what you're doing. We want to support what you're doing. But you word it in such a way that it's either or. And I had no idea I was doing that. When he pointed that out to me, it was a massive gift. He helped me know myself. Even though I was leading proactively, I had vision. I was still triggered. I was still cocked and ready to fire over an issue of you better be loyal to me. I didn't know myself. And for all the people that don't know themselves, they're missing out on the wealth of the opportunity to recognize their reactions are a goldmine of growth. Number three. Triggered people don't break the pattern. What's the pattern? Well, it's the pattern they play into over and over in their lives. It's the pattern they build teams around. It's the pattern of how they keep certain things happening in cultures at work. But it's also generational patterns. It's generational patterns. And what you and I get to do is by being aware is not let 2020 break us, but these three timeless realities instead remake us to be better. How are we going to do that? Here's some practical ways to break the pattern of being triggered so you can be, so you can see further, so you can be empowered, so you can intentionally train your mind. Number one, just evaluate a past reaction. Just evaluate a past reaction. Look past, look in the past over the last three to five days, week, two weeks. And, and where are you not happy with a past reaction? I'm not trying to make you feel regret and shame. If you feel regret and shame, that's just an electrical impulse going through your body. Call it an emotion. That isn't true because you're just over-identifying with it. But look at that past reaction and, and just evaluate it. Are you happy with it? Just by saying, I'm not happy with it, you start breaking that pattern. Number two, is there anything that you're avoiding? Hey, I can teach it, but it doesn't mean I have to live it, right? I'm avoiding some things right now. 
<laughs> it's I can't teach this if I'm not if it's not coming out of my own life and struggle. <laughs> Number three, what do you have inspiration to do? When you're in a place where a lottery making is occurring, it's not like you can say to your energy, energy, here's my schedule. Obey me. You're going to find that, yes, you can create routines. Yes, you want to learn at a master level how to show up on demand. But sometimes you're going to have pro-level moments where you got to pay attention and you got that energy and you need to go hard on that project for a minute. You need to dive into that thing. Seize that moment while it's there. You, do, you know, a beginner doesn't know to do that. A pro does. As a master, you learn to get that on repeat. But sometimes when you're being remade, when you're expanding into a new vision, I don't have mastery for who I want to be in 2020, 2021 yet. We're making some announcements, hopefully in a couple of weeks here, and that are the biggest, most ambitious things we've ever attempted at SightShift. I don't have mastery for that yet. So I've got to regain mastery. I'm at a pro level. I need to run with inspiration when it's there. Four, do something for your right brain. Mm, let's get weird with it. You got to love your right brain. You got to say to your right brain, right brain, you're a part of me. I love you. I'm sorry I forgot about you. And I left you behind with all my analysis and reasoning, reasoning and logic. Being rational is amazing. I'm talking about breaking the trigger. But over and over, we champion at Sight Shift this approach, which if any one of you want to help me name it, remember I said that last time, uh, where the right brain is one second ahead of the left brain. The left brain doesn't go away, but the right brain is there. It's open. It's receiving creative inspiration. It's interpreting feelings. It's, it's dialed in. It's picking up on the clues and the message and signals. It's expanding. And the left brain is the, the logic and the reasoning and the infrastructure. And what happened for human society is we've shifted that. So we've cut ourselves off from being the best of who we can be. And we trade our lives to just answer email for four freaking decades. Who wants that? I don't want that. There's more. And it doesn't mean it's bad to be answering some email, but I just mean we want to cooperate with this rhythm. How do we do something for our right brain? A, experiences. You got to do things that don't make sense or that you're feeling inspired to do. My best stories have come out of committing myself to experiences that looking back, I'm like, did I think through that very well? Creative feeding, creative feeding. When you need to really wake up your right brain, there's nothing wrong with diving in creatively. If that's reading, if that's binge watching a show. Now, I think some right now are binge watching a show to escape. And that's okay. Give yourself a break. But you got to be careful. You just got to watch this. Am I doing it to enhance myself or escape? C, meditation and contemplation. Of course, we teach you a contemplation piece with identity space exercise. Keep doing that. You can't wear it out. But experiment. If, if you feel stale in any way, try new rhythms. You know, I'm, I still do identity space. Of course, I'm, I'm addicted to that. I love it, what it gives me. But I'm also experimenting with some new meditation techniques that I'm finding enjoyable. And then five, here's the bottom line. Are you getting the results you want? Are you getting the results you want? Because over and over and over again, if you're not getting the results you want, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. I need to be reminded of this. I, it, it is too easy for me to persevere in something that is working at a mediocre level.